In April 2012, mother of three, Cathy Durkin, came to national attention when she went public with her fight to get access to a cancer drug called Ipilimumab, or Ipi as it became known. Talk to Joe on 1850 715 815. 51551 text. Cathy Durkin is still with us. Cathy, explain to us about the character. And still do know you because you, you, you per- persevered in your work as a chef in Eden Restaurant, isn't that correct? Yes, I people worked in... Over the previous four months, Cathy received several treatments for her aggressive form of cancer. Ippy was seen as her last hope. And hopefully uh, the government will change their minds very, very soon about this drug. I'm hoping that too. I really, really am. It's, you know, I've been, unfortunately, my diagnosis is that I've been given a year you know, mm. if I don't get it, you know, so that's what I have to, that's what I'm looking at. That's the tunnel that I'm in at the moment. A few days later, while working on The Late Late Show, I met Cathy for the first time. Well, my next guest came to the public's attention earlier this week when she spoke to Joe Duffy, a live line, about having terminal cancer and how she was being deprived of potentially life-saving drugs on the grounds of cost. The interest in her story and support which followed was phenomenal, and just last night the HSC released a statement to say that they would make the drugs available. We'd like you to meet, ladies and gentlemen, Cathy Durkin and her sister Celine. So, welcome. As a mother of two young children myself, that night I couldn't help think that what was happening to Cathy could easily be happening to me. Shortly afterwards, I spoke to Cathy and she agreed to allow me to follow her over the next year. Little did any of us know that just eight weeks later, on July 28th, Cathy would die. But let's go back. Despite her illness, I found Cathy to be warm and open. The first opportunity I had to follow her came on May 23rd in the Church of St. Lawrence O'Toole in Baldoyle, Dublin where there was a celebration choir night. The whole community came together that night and Karen, Cathy's friend, spoke to me. Oh, God, it's like a madhouse. I feel like I'm at my own wedding because there's all so many guests here that we've invited. There's about 500 people here and uh, it's mad. The atmosphere is great. We've uh, seven choirs and we have mammies and grannies and sons and daughters and the place is mad. It's hot, but we've all the doors open, so hopefully nobody will faint. But that's my worry at the moment is that people will be too hot. Uh, but it's great. We're having a great time. I suppose the last time I had to call people together, it was, it was under very bad circumstances. We had just heard bad news about Cathy and we were galvanising ourselves, saying, what can we do? And we were getting kind of angry and cross again, saying, it's ridiculous, we need to get something done. But now we've done it. So this is a nice celebration. So we're just feeling really happy. We're feeling celebratory. We're feeling, you know, what could we do? We can sing. So we're just going to sing like mad tonight. <laughs> Cathy was one of four siblings. A younger brother, Gareth. A younger sister, April. And big sister, Celine. You're on your feet for that one, Celine. Definitely. They definitely deserved a round of applause. They are just amazing. Are you enjoying it here this evening? I am having a fabulous time. It's just, it's a mixture of tears, but rejoicing too. It's just amazing. You know, there was a quote I'd read during the week. It said, never doubt that a small group of people can change the world. In fact, it's the only thing that it does. And this proves more than anything, you know, that a small group of people can change the world. You know, it's just amazing. 
And you just got in from New York today, is that right? I did. I got in at 8 a.m. this morning. <laughs> so I'm hopefully I'm going to be. No, I'm. Go- I stepped on the way home, so I'm going to be up for everything. Are you blown away by the level of support here tonight? Absolutely. I mean, it's just phenomenal, the amount of love um, that people have shown and have they took and took and just come together in a community to support them. And four weeks ago, nobody knew us, you know, and now we're surrounded by all of this. And it's just, there's no words to thank everybody for their contrib- contribution and the love and support. I'm Cathy's mom. And I think it's a brilliant night. And it's fair play to everybody in all the community for getting this going. It really is a pleasure to listen to. I'm so proud of everybody. I'd love to be able to sing myself, but I'm no good. <laughs> Absolutely woeful. Well, you're here for the support anyway, so that's the important yeah. thing. And she seems to be enjoying herself tonight. Oh, yeah, she is, yeah. yeah. Looking forward to it all day. <laughs> It's a good, it's a good uh, escape. I'm saying that to her, do you know, it takes yeah. the mind off things. Yeah. 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 Because she just sleeps all the time, you know. It's the first time really she's been out, you know, with other people, you know, since all this happened, you know. It's usually from bed to the chair, bed to the chair, and that's it, you know. That night was both joyous and poignant. While the campaign was successful to have the Ippy drug made available to Cathy and others, statistically, the odds were stacked against her. At times, the reality of her situation was obvious, but it was surely much harder for her husband Michael and their three children, Alex, Alyssa and Connor. And Michael, tell me, are you enjoying tonight? Yes, it's been really good, yeah. Very, very moved by the whole thing. Yeah, no, it's been a great night, really. Like, Cathy will tell you I'm not... She'll try, drag me to conscious and things like that, and I'm reluctantly I'll go, but I'm really, really enjoying this and uh, really appreciative of what's, what's it all for and everything. Brilliant. And your son Alex was involved tonight. He was, yeah. Yeah, he was... Uh, he was in the middle at the, at the choir and he was, uh, he was loving every minute of it. He was looking for... The bells, he was getting everybody to stand up and that. So that was, yeah, it was great to see him doing that. Like, you know, Earlier, Cathy had spent most of the day in bed in order to ensure that she would have enough strength to enjoy the night. Wearing a beautiful black and white dress and sitting in the front row, Cathy had the biggest smile in the church. somewhere over the rainbow I was like sad and I was like oh that was so beautiful and it really had me in I had to stop myself because I was like oh, people are going to think you know I'm sad when I'm not like, it was so wonderful so far it's been I'm from 
outside this community. I'm like, I go to school, you know, the kids go to school in the area and they've had their communions here and, you know, we will be doing confirmation here. But they, they, they adopted me almost, you know, and they took this on for me, which has been brilliant. It, make, it fills me with emotion. It really, really does to think, you know, they, they did this for me. I'm this little, little woman who stands at the school gates with them and ha- waits for a chat, you know, and they did this for me. It really is inspiring. What had started out as a big fundraising event towards Cathy's treatment ultimately turned out to be her last night out. another friend of mine and one of the nine this is Mary the nine were mothers from the school gate who'd led the fundraising campaign hello hi I'm very shy so I am oh I'm very shy (laughs) as with any family gathering Gareth Cathy's brother had a video camera to record the event for the future as the night went on I was getting to know Cathy, the person behind the illness. And Gareth, tell me, are you enjoying tonight? I'm having an absolutely fantastic time. It's the first time I've seen my nephew, Alex, who's also my godson, performing. And the moment he's seen me, the blood rushed straight to his face and he tried to look away. So I got a nice video that I'm going to store away for his 21st birthday party, showing him singing for his mum's concert. Are you a little overwhelmed by the level of support that Cathy's got? Yes and no. Um, it's great to see all these people here, but I'm not surprised. My sister Catherine is such a people person. She would do anything for anybody. She's looked after us for so many years. She was always the organiser at home when it was birthdays, when it was Christmas. Cathy always did the collections, the roundups, made sure that everyone got the birthday, par- the birthday present, the Christmas present all the way along. We'd be absolutely lost without her. She's an absolute rock to our family, and she knows it, and everyone else knows it. So it just goes to show here that all the people who have so much time for her, some might know her, some might know her, some might see her in the street and say hello, but they're absolutely fantastic, and I'm so proud of her and to all the people involved in these occasions. A few days later, after her first Ippy drug treatment, I called in to Cathy and her husband, Michael, at their home in Clare Hall to see how she was getting on. But before the medical talk began, her thoughts turned towards love. I walked into the kitchen in the Auburn Lodge and saw this man. And I went, hmm, he's nice. And that was on a Friday. And we had our first date on the Sunday. And we've been together ever since. You know, it was literally, you know, I like you you like me right let's go with this you know it really was it was I won't say love at first sight but as close to love at first sight as you can get you know it was it was when you've got that feeling you know inst- I hadn't even spoken to him you know and I went hmm he's nice you know and then when I did speak to him I went oh he's even nicer <laughs> Yeah, I remember what she was wearing. She was all dressed in black. Yeah. Black top, black skirt, black tights. And he thought I was... Yeah. He thought I was a somewhat weirdo dressed all in black, but it was just the fashion at the time, you know? Well, 
funny enough, because we were working in the same hotel, accommodation was a house down the road, so we were in the same house. So we just started talking then that night and really hit it off. Um, then we was it went out on the Sunday night, was it? Yeah, into, I into the, the nightclub in Ennis, Queens. We didn't go out, out, as in a date out, out. We just went out. It was like, you're off, all right, and I'm off work, so we'll go, you know, out and see what happens. And lo and behold, the next morning, and I remember walking up the road holding his hand, and I didn't let go of him since. <laughs> was it the same for you? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, well, it was, yeah. It was. Um, the, the wedding was arranged before the, the engagement, really. Um, we got married in Rome, and the week before that, we went to Paris. Yeah. Uh, nothing original there. We were on Eiffel Tower, everything. It was a nice, nice lunch on the Eiffel Tower, um, and we got engaged there. What was it about Cathy that uh, that you particularly liked, personality-wise? Or oh God, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. It was just she, like she's very her own person. She's very strong. Uh, uh, you need someone who's going to challenge you, and she's definitely someone who challenges you. Cathy had been diagnosed with cancer in June last year when a tumour was discovered behind her eye. On the 19th of July 2011, her right eye was removed, which she described as the worst day of her life. In December, the cancer had spread to her hip and liver. Chemotherapy and immunotherapy followed, but to no effect. The cancer, progressive melanoma, continued to spread to her brain and lungs. The drug Ipi was to be her last hope to reverse the disease. Due to a sustained campaign by her oncologist, Professor John Crown, and other supporters, Cathy became one of the first people to receive the drug under the public system. It was so funny. It was almost like, oh, look at this. It's tiny, tiny amount of drug. You know, normally chemotherapies and other treatments come in large infusions of big bags. Of they, even the nurses were commenting on how small amount of of drug of medicine this was, and it was to be given in an IV over ninety minutes. And you're you're looking at this going, there's barely anything in it. How will this take ninety minutes to give? Or you can't even see this going in, but you know, you can. Although we had met a few times, by early June, I could see the illness was beginning to slow Cathy down. So the first, to be given the first session of Ippy was like, oh God, to be, it's a tough drug to be on, to be very honest. It, you shake from it. You're left feeling like you've gone nine rounds with Mike Tyson. Um, you have to be very careful to take, to take, to remember to take anti-nausea meds. Um, there are other side effects with it that hopefully I haven't encountered yet, but probably w- I will encounter as the regime goes on and as the treatments go on. Um, this the real side effects kind of kick in at about the third treatment. You know, you have to be careful um, about um, 
what's sorry it the the do you understand? Yeah, you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. As Kathy's condition became more unpredictable, the wider family gathered around to support Michael as daily life continued. Around this time, Celine, Kathy's sister, took a leave of absence from her job in New York and moved back home. <laughs> Give me that. Are you open it? What? Are you open it? With an 11-year-old, an 8-year-old and a 4-year-old, Breakfast is always a busy time in the Durkham household. Oh, you don't know what? Mm-hmm. 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 How about the new ones with nuts, Carrie? You like them? No, they're gone. How are you managing for stuff like washing and doing? I mean, who's doing all the household stuff here? Well, that's that's what granny's have been doing most of it. Um, well, Alex, still, imagine eating out of this. I don't know who's doing it. I know both of them are doing it, but I don't know who did it yesterday. Both of them are kind of here. So to speak, they're all busy. They're all busy. <laughs> yeah. Now, you're in, you're in the back, listen. How are you keeping on top of the homework and the school activities and all I know, that? I was just thinking that yesterday that um, well, Kathy hasn't done much homework apart from when she feels well and I haven't done really the homework so it's really been the grandparents and I think Celine has helped with the homework as well. So my dad takes Alex away a lot most of the time I think to do his homework. Um, and Alyssa fairness like she's pretty um, pretty good at doing the homework. She doesn't have as much oh there, there we are. Things seem to be very unpredictable for you. Yeah, that that's well that really hit us last week that um like I said she was kind of much better for him and everything and then um what happened was she was coming down the stairs last it was Thursday morning and nearly fell. I like went from under her under her. And uh, she didn't even say it to me when that happened and then um she had her breakfast and then when she got up off the chair she fell over. Um, so that was a new sy- symptom, so we rang the hospital straight away. Oh, your bags, yeah? I'm out of No, I don't have any bags. Nope. And your coats? Just in case. Oh, I go. Put it on, are you? Don't do your spirit See, Alex? How are you? Open with all of this. Um, until people ask me. <laughs> uh, I suppose it's that busy, really. You just don't really think of. I mean, like it's school runs, work, going to see Cathy. Uh, it's just just planning the next. What's well, who's who's doing what today? And like you're just focusing so much on today, and then the next day, the next day that you know, um, you don't think of oh. 
in some ways it's better that you're not able to okay you do get private moments yourself you will you know they'll come come on top of you or whatever but um, you just you know it's better to keep busy and how are the kids um, in all of this they're a busy little bunch of bees how are they coping yeah like the kids are very you know they'll adapt and be resourceful and um, once we have to make sure that there's things going on that keeps them occupied and um, uh, you know they've been great um, uh, they're good humoured and they're happy so like you know it's um, I think that's why Cathy wants to be at a hospital and be around them you know cheers her up um, but um, um, Alex did ask uh, the weekend um, when are they going to give Mammy something that works so In mid-June, it's three weeks since I last saw Cathy. During that time, Cathy received her second IPI treatment and scans reveal that there are new tumours on her spine. Yet despite the complications, Cathy is upbeat as she's getting out of hospital. What's keeping you going? What, what, what are you looking forward to? At the moment, would you believe a haircut? Simple, <laughs> simple little thing. Being back home, being back in my own bed. Um, I'm just partaking again in family life. I've been out of the loop for 10 days. Um, partaking, yeah, the biggest thing is to be back, you know, in the kids' lives. Um, I won't be back to the same level of activity that, I, that we were at. But thankfully, hopefully, you know, there'll be some sort of um, ability to form little day trips or even if someone has to take us, you know, drive my car to take us places and to hopefully as the weather improves, you know, we've got a whole summer ahead of us, which has to be occupied. Can't have them going stir crazy on me. I think the first two weeks is a novelty and then... You know, the hard work begins of day trips and so I'm I'm really looking forward to that side of things. Not having to get okay, not having to get up in the morning, but at the same time hopefully being able to get out and about and play with them, do stuff with them. That's basically my wish list, you know. On the 22nd of June, Cathy is back in hospital. The previous few days have been extremely tough. Everything seems to be going against her now and many of the tumours are growing rapidly and require emergency radiation. Today is Cathy's second last IPI treatment. Yeah, the, the, the team from St Francis came out to the house right. and so they the dose of lax flows. Three times a day? Yeah, yeah. to 15 mils. Pain? No, pain has been good. It's been good. Niggly? Well, it's been an odd niggly. Yeah, yeah, but it's managing. Yeah. Any shortness of breath? No. Any tiredness? Yeah, oh yeah. It's a big thing, is it? Yeah. Yeah. You staying in bed most of the day or? No, I've been getting up. Yeah. I haven't getting up now. But it is a kind of an issue you're having. Yeah. The blind end, you know. Pins and needles? No. In the fingers? No. In the toes? No. Nothing. How's your mood been? Good. Any rashes? No. No. 
Any rashes on the palms of the hands or the sole of the no. feet? No. How's your hearing? Grand. Any tingling? No. Any ringing? No. Any other problems? No. You sure? Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Great. I'll send the girls into yours. Okay. How are you coping mentally? Uh, like, you've kind of been at home for a while, then suddenly you're brought back in and you go through emergency radiation. Um, how, how's that been on you? That was, that was tough. I wasn't expecting it. Well, thankfully there was a solution, you know, and, and that um, there's a solution to me falling. You know, I don't want to get into the case where I, I'm a threat to myself and um, threat to others. You know, so I was relieved in the sense that, okay, we can sort, we can sort this out. This is just another little thing on the checklist that has to be sorted. Out. So I was very happy in that sense that it was being sorted. Um, but you're still, it adds that little element takes a little bit of a, a knock to your confidence um, because I'm you know I'm no longer the person who flies them de- up and down the stairs you know 90 miles an hour you know I'm the person who has to take it easy you know which at 42 I never thought I'd be frail you know you expect these things to come with age and whatever but not at you know, what to when you're supposed to be in your prime. Later that day, Celine joins Cathy at her hospital bedside. As I talk to the sisters, none of us know that this will be my last time talking to Cathy as her condition worsens. Has anything changed in your relationship? You were always close anyway, I gather. But what's it like between you now? Celine's more my mommy. Yeah. And that's funny because originally, well, it was, it's changed. When we were small, Catherine was always much shyer and I was the one who was fighting the battles, you know. But then, you know, she grew up and to be much more confident and outgoing. And for a while there, it was almost like because I was away, Catherine was almost like our second home. Um, Catherine became the mommy, you know, again, in terms of like where, where I had relinquished that because I was away, so if there was any presence or anything, you know, any events, Catherine organised that, I'd coordinate with her, but she was that central focus. Um, it has kind of changed again, but I'm sure that once Catherine is better, she will back. She will be back to resuming her old position, and I will be very happy for her to resume that old position. Yeah, and I'd like to resume that position where I took care of things, and, you know, if if a birthday present was needed I got it or you know coordinated with the others as to what we were doing you know uh, I liked that role I, and I liked my role you know I'd like I want to get my role th- th- what my life used to be like back on track where I can just hop in the car whenever I want to where it's not on a wheel simple things like you're looking at children's feet and going oh we need socks and little things like that where you can it's not a major now it's a major ordeal to go you know it's either ask somebody to go get them or do it out for a little while they're not shy of socks but still I'm looking at children's feet going you know we need 
this, 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 or we need new sheets, or I want to get back to those roles. You know. Do you find that frustrating? Yeah, yeah. That I find. I'm such a you know. A year ago, I was totally even up to six months ago, I was totally. You know, I was an independent person. Now, well, it's only really since the Ippy that things have gotten uh, that bit worse in my health situation, like the the cancer. You can, there, it is having an effect on my joints, and it's only the last six weeks. Yeah, I think now things have to be more planned rather than being on impulse, you know. Yeah. Um, But I think you're more comfortable about, I think at the beginning you were a bit like, oh, can you do this? Now it's just like, okay, Sneen, here's this, you know, which is good. I kind of have to, you know, otherwise things wouldn't necessarily happen. Whereas I was a very very proud person. You know, I didn't ask for help that often. You know, I didn't need, you know. It's like people keep saying, if you want anything, just ask. But I didn't feel the need to ask or I couldn't ask. Where now it's it's ask till we get stuff. Things need to, things need to be done. They need to be done. And with this um, IPI treatment, there's obviously, there's an end date to this, July 13th. Um, do you know what happens after that? I have to wait uh, another three weeks for a scan and then they'll see if it's working you know and that's D-Day that's the big day to see if it's having any effect whatsoever you know so yeah that will be they will I probably they do a CT scan and they will compare sizes or growths you know so um, to see whether the um, the IPI is known to have that's they don't scan in between because it is known that the tumours can still continue to grow within that it needs the four doses to be fully effective so you know there's no point in scanning in between you know because there's no real news to give you so that round about the beginning of august will be as you say d-day and hopefully we will have a positive result and hopefully all the battles that have been fought in the interim will have the one cumulative effect that the tumors will be shrinking you positive Half of me isn't, half of me isn't. It's, it's, there's so many cancers, you know, that I'd be naive to be absolutely ecstatic, conclusively. I'd, I would be naive to be, you know, there. I have so many tumours in so many places that it would really be, it would be an absolute miracle for them to be um, going, especially in the bones. I find, I think that's my hardest, you know, the fact that it's in the bone. That's, I suppose, you you think your bones are such a concrete element of you that it is the fact that the cancer is in the bones that really, you know, frightens me the most. Cathy never received her final IPI treatment. Another new tumour developed and her oncologist, Professor Crown, advised her and the family that there were no more options and that she only had a few weeks left. On the 17th of July, I spoke to Celine in the lobby of St Vincent's Hospital. We're pretty much camped out at the hospital. Um, So, you know, we just don't want her to be alone and we just want to make sure that we get to, you know, be present and be engaged with her for the rest of her remaining time. 
and I mean she's still she's in an amazing amount of pain and the you know the drug levels are very high but she's still very lucid and very with it. Can I ask you were you with her when she was talking to Professor Crown or did she speak with you afterwards? No I was with her when she spoke to Professor Crown. The nurse one of the nurses actually at the weekend had given me an indication that things weren't going well. Michael was there my parents were there Catherine was naturally heartbroken. We just didn't think that we would have so little time, or she didn't think she would have so little time. Um, naively, I suppose, we all thought that because the last iffy was due on the 13th, or just this Friday gone, and the scans wouldn't have been done for another three to four weeks, we were living in this cocoon of hope that we had until at least August. Um, but unfortunately, you learn with cancer that it is not a disease that behaves itself, and certainly melanoma. Um, it's continued to pretty much ravage her body unchecked, and it seems that, unfortunately, she may have received the drug too late, which is the real tragedy of this situation. Um, so I suppose we've spent the week um, trying to adjust to the idea of losing our sister. <laughs> but also just really, really trying to be strong for her. You know, it's she's going through this and we can't take it away from her, but we can't also have her deal with our grief and our pain. So every day it's bright and breezy, trying to... Um, you know, keep her entertained um, and just trying to be there for her. At the weekend, Michael and her told the kids, which was pretty devastating. Her eight-year-old, who's always been, you know, very prescient, um, asked, you know, told her that she wanted to actually go with her, you know, which was just devastating, but Catherine was just fabulous. She just turned around and said no, that she wanted Alyssa, Alyssa's job was to grow up and, you know, get married and have her own babies and that she would be watching from heaven. Just after 7.30am on Saturday, July 28th, Cathy Durkin lost her fight with cancer. Michael and her family were with her to the end. Only weeks earlier, Cathy reflected on the campaign. I'm very grateful, you know, that we fought the campaign and we got it. You know, absolutely. I'm so proud of Celine and so proud of everybody involved that we got this drug for me and for the melanoma sufferers, you know, in Ireland. Um, and I've given hope to, to so many other families who had no hope and now they've been given a lifeline. Cathy's lasting legacy is that her story and willingness to go public shone a spotlight on a drug treatment that from here on will be available to patients who need it. You know, one of the nights that she woke up crying, you know, I asked her, was she scared? And she said, no, she wasn't scared, but she was just so sad for the three small children. I'm not having their mum. And all I could do was reassure her 
that they were going to be. Loved and taken care of, and that she didn't have to worry about that. That we were all, we were going to take care of all of that for her. 